Hey, this is Israel. Here at the river, we're all about the message of the gospel of peace. That the Bible says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel or the good news of peace. So we have good news for you. The war is over. God is not angry at you. God is in love with you. And you can have peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we hope this message is a blessing to you. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com for more. There's a promised land for us to live in. His word is true. Uh, It is life. It is living. It's eternal. You just don't have to worry about uh, inheritances. You have an eternal inheritance. You understand? And so the, the scripture says the promises of God are yes and amen. And so... Well, why don't I see it? Well, this is why we don't see it in life is because we limit God. We keep God from doing, uh, uh, from manifesting through us. And there's certain things that we do, and there's three things we're talking about in this series. The number one thing that keeps God that we talked about earlier was knowledge. Having the wrong knowledge of our Father God will keep you from experiencing God in your life wrong knowledge we went through the scriptures and we talked about the disciples having in their mind and in their heart they believed the 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 Pharisees the leaven of the Pharisees and every time Jesus said something they thought it was about what they didn't do you know and see that limited God that limited Jesus working through them you know and the, the scripture says this in in I believe it's in second Peter chapter one grace and peace be multiplied to you through the Through the knowledge, let's do that again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. That's 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4, I think, 3 or 4. And so what that means, let me reverse this around. And this is what I love to do, and I encourage you to do this. It will help you understand what the Word is saying if it's hard to understand when you read it. All you got to do is flip it around. What this is saying literally is that if you have the right knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, grace and peace will be experienced. If you don't have grace and peace in your life and you know God, you've got the wrong knowledge of God. There's all kinds of knowledge of God. We're going to talk about His Word this morning. But does it mean to have the word in your heart or a specific word in your heart? I like what it says in Romans. It says, grace and peace. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. And it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. What word? The word of grace and peace. You don't get, you don't get, you can stand up and preach Leviticus. It's not going to generate faith in you. It's not going to generate peace and comfort. So there is a word of God that was in the Old Covenant, and there's a word of God that's in the New Covenant. And it is the current, present. What is God saying and speaking under the New Covenant for you? You hear that word, it should produce grace and peace. If you don't have grace and peace in your life, you've heard a word that you shouldn't be listening to. This says that if if you have the right knowledge, grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. That's what it says. Wow, I don't know about you, but I want grace and peace, especially if you understand what grace and peace is. 
I tell you, God's ability and our inability and to be at peace with the Father because He's at peace with us. That's a powerful way to live. That's a, it doesn't matter what happens on earth. That's a powerful way to live right there. Amen? And so knowledge was the first thing we talked about. We spent several weeks talking about knowledge and, and getting rid of old knowledge and bringing in new knowledge. Uh, then we talk, start talking about vision because with knowledge comes vision. If all your life you have knowledge about God being a <clears throat> lightning bolt and striking people down and persecuting and killing and judging and mean God, angry, mad God. If that's the knowledge you have of God, what kind of vision are you going to have? You're going to have a vision of a... There, there's no way you're going to be able to open up and embrace Him and worship because you, you're not going to be able to embrace somebody you're worried about getting smacked down by. You know, I mean, I mean it's going to paint the wrong vision... See, knowledge will paint or produce a vision. And if you have the proper vision, you'll have the proper instruction. And that's what we're on today is instruction. We read a scripture a couple weeks ago. Let's read it again today in Joshua. Matter of fact, it says in, in it's, it's, uh, another scripture says that people without a clear mental picture, people without a vision, they perish. What it's saying is if you don't have a clear mental picture, that's what vision is. If you don't have a clear mental picture, the proper clear mental picture, you will cast off restraints. What it's saying is that, that if you have a clear mental picture, you will walk in restraints. There's a lot of people that hear stuff in here and just cast off restraints and live the way they want to. Why? Because they don't have a clear mental picture of what God really has done and what He's doing eternally. All right? But look what it says in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. I love this. Uh, we're not going to, uh, we may read the whole thing, but we're, we've already talked about it. In verse 3, in every place that your soul, this is what God is speaking. All right, listen to this. This is what God is speaking. Every place that your soul of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you. See, here's the knowledge. Do you see the knowledge here? And as the knowledge is coming forth, it's painting a vision. Every place on your soul shall feet, uh, your tread, I've given it to you, as I said to Moses. For the wilderness is, as it goes on talking about Lebanon and how far, it gives the parameters of the land he's going. No man, verse 5 says, no man shall be able to stand before you. And it goes on, it says, I will be with you, I will not leave you, uh, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. See, hear the knowledge? This is knowledge that God has given and because of the knowledge, it's beginning to paint a vision of confidence and boldness and, and more than enough. More than enough. And I, I feel like I forgot to finish the thought earlier when I said God is not moved by your need. He's moved by faith. You understand what I'm saying? It's moved, you're, God is moved by your faith in the things of His promise, in the things of His kingdom. You can sit there, I've been crying out to God and He's never met. Listen, He's done more than meet your need. He's given you abundance. That's the knowledge of the Word. And it needs to paint a vision in your mind, just like it's painting here. So if you have the right knowledge, you're going to have the right vision. Uh, verse 7 says, now after all this knowledge and after the vision comes forward, it says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe. And everybody say, do do according to all the law of Moses. 
So here's all this information download that's painted a vision. And, and with that vision, now the instruction comes up. And it says this, uh, it says, Do not turn uh, from it to the right or hand or to the left, that you may prosper whatever you do. So if you want to prosper in whatever you do, see, the life that you live, you need to hear what God is saying to you about the life you are to live. Because with that hearing of the knowledge of the Word of God, it's going to create a vision in you of how you are to be and what you are to do. And then, here's the key part we're talking about today. And then, apply yourself to the wisdom of the knowledge and the vision. Come in line with it. It's called being in agreement. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning, is about the agreement. Where the two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And they can ask what, see, it's called agreement. And the problem is not you finding somebody else to be in agreement with. And that's what that scripture is talking about. It's you, you know, it's me and Larry standing together, being in agreement over a situation. It's not about, matter of fact, it's not even agreement about the outcome. It's agreement that it's God's will. And the way God does it. When, when we understand how God does things, and we stand in agreement, and He lives accordingly, and I live accordingly, when we join together in that, we're going to see the outcome of it. But see, that's not what we're talking about this morning, because what we're talking about is when you get in agreement with you. You need to be the first person you come in agreement with. That's how important it is, the thoughts, the, the spirit, soul, and body. Because a lot of times we have knowledge. How many people have ever heard that God wants you to prosper and be in hell? How many people still have bad habits that keep you from being in hell? You know what I'm saying? See, we're not coming in a line. We're not following an alignment. We're not bringing our bodies under the direction of the knowledge that painted the vision we have knowledge, we may have vision, but we're not in alignment, we're not in agreement. Our bodies are out of sync with what God's doing. We're going to talk, one of the scriptures we're going to talk about today is where it says, don't be just a hearer, but be a doer. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but that word doer means a poetic performer. That means for you just not to, eh, 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 but you're to flow. It's supposed to be, you're supposed to, even if you hadn't seen it, you're supposed to be acting out, a performer. You're supposed to perform the word. Just not speak it, but perform it. Act on it. How's that happen? By you laying on hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's by you loving the unlovable. It's about you being friendly where no one else has. It's about you being happy and joyful and cheerful. You being confident in a world that's not confident. You walking in confidence when everything else is going away. You know, that's what this is all about. But notice there's a key word here. Uh, Christopher put verse eight, uh, verse 8 on the board. Here's the instructions that go along with the knowledge and the vision. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosper prosperous and then you will have good success the key word there is meditate a lot of times what happens we get a word we hear a word either in a conference or in church or something like that 
And we go, yeah, that's good, that's good, I'm going to go out and do it. Yeah, oh, well, it didn't work. Anybody ever done that? Raise your hand. We've all done that. You know why it didn't work? You didn't meditate. See, there's something that happens when you meditate on God's Word and chew on it and think about it. On Wednesdays, we've been talking about the seven pillars of wisdom. And one of those pillars is the concept of thinking something through before you do it. How many people know it's wise to think something through before you do it? There's a lot of people in prison that didn't think something through. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people with bad credit because they didn't think things through. It is very wise to meditate because when you meditate, God, through the Holy Spirit, is able to show you which way to go and some traps that you may want to avoid or to prepare for. You know, there's some traps that you can, you know, if you're prepared for a trap, it's not a trap, is it? And you can just go through it. Some things you're not going to be able to avoid in life. There are some situations you won't be able to avoid. Listen, the Apostle Paul went through a storm and he didn't speak to it and it went away poop. You know, he just grabbed a hold of the two by four left over and floated to shore. You see what I'm saying? But he was able to grab a hold of the two by four because he knew what God had called him to do, go to Jerusalem. Because God said go, so he was. No matter what the situation, he was prepared to go through the storm. Amen? I wish we could just speak to every storm and be over with, but that's not the case. Okay? There's some storms you speak to, some you walk through, they shouldn't even bother you. But some you speak to because they're demonic. You come against them. There's some you walk through, they shouldn't even bother you. And there's some storms in life you just hang on. No, it came to pass. It came to be over with. Amen? And it's just that hanging on. It's that, that unbridled faith knowing that God's called you to do something. I'm going to continue to do it in the name of Jesus and hang on. And uh, those are three storms mentioned in the Word, but they all come. Paul was able to do that because he had knowledge, he had vision, and he brought himself in alignment. He didn't give up. As long as you don't give up, you can still finish. Amen? And so meditation is the important part of this in what we've been talking about, the power of meditation, because it embeds it in your heart. And not just that, but you can, you can experience and you can feel. Look what it says over here in Romans chapter 12. We talked about this. We'll talk about it a little more. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, for, for those that weren't here, knowledge, vision, and alignment. Look what it says here in Romans chapter 12. It says this. It says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies. Now, let me just show you where we're at with the knowledge we have of God. <clears throat> Notice it doesn't say, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the judgment of God. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, because you need to fear God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Listen, what's the motivating factor? What's causing us to be being beseeched? By the mercy. Where's the word of mercy? Where, where's the, what's the motive? What is motivating us to do the rest of the verses? Mercy. Not fear. Not wrath. Not judgment. It's, oh, 
It's because of mercy. See, if you never experience mercy, you won't be able to do the rest of the verse. You won't understand the rest of the verse. Watch this. Watch this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And again, this is one of those situations to help you understand the word. It's easier to understand it if you flip it around. Because the next verse says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> when you read those together, this is what you get. See, you can't present your bodies as a living sacrifice if you still want to do other things in your mind and your heart. See, that's what religion has told us over the years, is that, well, just quit doing what you've been doing, and you'll be okay. And you've tried to quit what you've been doing, and you're not okay. You're miserable. I know people that quit coming to church because they just can't live up to the church's standards. Amen. Guess what? They're not God's standards. Amen. I hope you quit coming, going to church. No, no, I shouldn't say that. Listen, if you're under man's standards, you need to get out of them. This is what that... This is what verse 1 and 2 says. It says this, that if you renew your mind, if you change the way you think, then you can present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And in that process, you will prove, to, you'll be a testimony to the people around you what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's what it's saying. You can't present your bodies you can't get your members in line with the Word until your mind is in line with the Word, until your heart's in line with the Word. As long as you want to do something, let me, how can I put it? Oh, crappie fishing. I've always heard when the dogwoods bloom, I don't know if you any fishermen in here? Uh, when, the dog, when the dogwoods bloom, that's when the crappies are biting. If you don't know that, I'm going to give you a little, little fisherman secret here. Don't even bother getting in the boat till the dogwoods are blooming. But when the dogs are blooming, even if it's on a Sunday, you better be out there. You're going to miss it. You know, and as long as you have a want to, guess where you're going to be on Sunday? Guess where you're going to be on Sunday if you want to be on a lake fishing for crappies on Sunday? Your want to, your ego is the strongest force inside of you. Stronger than God. But when your want to is submitted to God, when, when your want to changes, see, religion says, don't do this, even if you want to, don't do it, even if you want to, don't. Jesus said, I want to change your want to, so you'll want to do it. We don't give here because we have to, we give because we want to. Haven't put you under any guilt, any manipulation to come to church. I'd like to. Oh, it's my. <laughs> but you need to want to. Because when you want to, then it's easy to. Oh. You see what I'm saying? When you want to. Man, when you want to do something nice for somebody, it's so easy, isn't it? Who can I pick on? I'm not going to pick I'll pick on David. He's in the back row. But if you don't want to, 
It's hard to do something nice. Anybody ever experienced that before? Yeah, I know we all have. It's because you didn't want to. I tell you, when you want to be about the Father's business, when you want to, you will be about the Father's business. It won't have to be. Religion is, ha religion is behavior modification, even though the heart hadn't changed. Yeah. It's about changing your behavior, but not your heart. The gospel is about changing your heart, so your behavior will happen naturally. Man, that has set you free right there. And so one of the things that will keep you from experiencing the love and God working through you is the want to. You don't want to. Because you haven't heard the knowledge to paint the vision. But if you have the right knowledge, let, let, me, let me reverse it around. If you have the wrong knowledge, you have the wrong vision, and you will come in alignment with that. Your body will come in alignment with the knowledge and vision that you have. If you see yourself as no good, if you were, watch this, if you heard that you were no good by your parents all your life, you grew up thinking that you're no good. And you meditated on that. As life went by, you heard and it was embedded in your heart and you grew up and your actions came in line with that naturally, right? And you did no good things, right? And then when you became parents, you just passed that on, that no goodness, to your children. And you continued the cycle. So someone has to step in here and get the proper knowledge to get a proper, by the mercies, by the love of, oh, I know... I can live according, oh, God sees me as a son, and I can see him as a father. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and realize that he's, and you meditate on it, oh, thank you, Father. Man, just meditate on God being your father for a month, and watch how your actions begin to change naturally. I tell people all the time, I tell, especially the church in, in Henrietta, I tell them there all the time, I said, listen, I said, I've done more, I've been more holy by accident understanding the grace of God than I ever did on purpose under the law. It just happens naturally because the want to's change. I don't do the things I used to do. I don't want to. God will come in as you meditate on His Word and His vision. See, there's the key. Meditation. Just not do it. So I, was, I was raised in the Marine Corps. Yes, sir. Jump. And then ask how high. You know, that's how I was, that's, that's my, what I remember about living is just be obedient. No, it's just, it's just not about being obedient. It's having the right want to, the desire to be who I already am. I already am loved by God. I can't do something to become loved by God. You can't do anything to become loved by God, and you can't do anything not to be loved by God. Some of you out there think that you've done something so bad that God doesn't love you no more. See, you've got knowledge about some wrong knowledge. You've envisioned it. You don't see yourself loved by God. And so your life is an example of it. Your life will prove. See, what the scripture is saying, that your life will prove what you know and what you see. Because your body will be in alignment. And it will be an evident. And this is by the mercy. I'll just read it again. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Turn with me to the book of James. The book of James. And this is where we're going to continue with this series this morning. That's basically all review. And uh, we're going to be, now we're talking about alignment. Bringing your bodies into alignment are in sync. Has anybody ever been to a concert of any kind? I I think of, (laughs) I think of uh, orchestras, but it can be any kind of concert. You ever hear a, a, a orchestra warm up? It's not pretty, is it? It's not pretty, you know. But see, that, that's almost an example of our life sometimes. It's like an orchestra warming up. We got all the instruments, but they're not in sync. They're not in. But what are they doing when they're warming up? They're what? They're coming in tune. See, you've got to be tuned. Because if you're not in tune and you're in sync, there's still an issue, isn't there? But if you're in tune and then you get in sync, then it's beautiful. And then you can follow the rhythm. And then you have a symphony. Then you have harmony. Because you're in sync. And I'm not talking about the boy band, okay? You're in sync. You're in rhythm. You're in a flow. And when you bring your... Because you have the right knowledge, the right knowledge, the right vision... You meditate on that, it will bring your bodies in line and you will be synced because the number one thing to keep you from experiencing the almighty, awesome, powerful, omniscient God, the creator of heaven and earth, is simply your body not being in line with what you already know, if you know the truth. It is a natural process for you to know something, to have see it, and then your body to be in line with it. That's a natural process. We just need to change the knowledge so we can change the vision so we can bring our bodies in line. We can be in sync. It works this way. If you haven't understood what I'm trying to say, and I'm not picking on anybody's habits here. I'll let you deal with your own habits. I'm, it says in Philemon 6, it says that your faith will become effective. Put Philemon 6 on the board up there, Christopher. Philemon 6. I love this. You need to understand that this verse is so powerful. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. Notice it doesn't say by the acknowledgement of every good thing that God is. It's by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you. It's when you acknowledge the good things that are in you. It will be effective on the outside. If you acknowledge the bad things in you, guess what people are going to get? They're going to get the bad that's in you that's going to come out. But when you begin to see what God has said about you, begin to see what God's view and opinion is about you, when you begin to see God's future for you, most of us live our life according to our past instead of our future. And as long as you're living according to your past, you'll never accomplish the future. It will just be, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. You'll live it out of what we call default. So let me read this scripture here in the book of James. 
Powerful, powerful scripture. We're, we're going to read through this real quickly. We're going to start at verse 19, James chapter 1, verse 19. And if you don't have the new, new King James, they're going to put it up on the board as I read it. It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Oh, see, there's instructions here already, isn't there? Let me just go slower. So then, my beloved brethren. Notice he's talking to family. You know why he's saying brethren? Because we have the same father. God. That's one of the first things you need to get in your, renew your mind to, that God is not God to you. We were sharing around the table last night. I was so excited last night I couldn't go to sleep. We were up to 11 o'clock, and I'd been up since 3.30, and I just, I laid in bed going, I almost got up and got dressed to go share some more. Yeah. You know, but I knew they couldn't handle it. You know, they're just college students, you know, they, they couldn't handle it. But one of the things we said last night that, <laughs> see, he still can't remember. See, it's like God never changes, but our heart to Him does. So you may have seen God as God all your life, but when your heart changes, you'll see Him as Father. Paul said, grace and peace to you from God are... He was helping us with a transition of seeing... Well, the whole world knew Him as God. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Man. And when you start seeing the new covenant and your relationship with Him as you're His child, not, you're, you're not a servant. See, as long as you see God as God, you're going to think you're punished. God always punishes those who transgress against Him, right? But the Father disciplines. See, God punishes, the Father disciplines. God, you have to. Father, you want to. I mean, there's a whole list of these things that when you start seeing him as father, things begin to change. You don't see things the same way you used to because now it's father. You're not, you're not, see, under God, you're a servant. Under the father, you're a son. See how things begin to change? I know people says, man, I, God's just mad at me, but the father's not. How could God let the starving children in Africa die? The father didn't. See, if you know him as father, you know he didn't do that. Jesus hung on the cross. He said, my God, my God. Why has thou forsaken? As long as you see him as God, you'll always feel forsaken. Even Jesus did. Then he turned and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Oh. Two entirely opposite hearts one because he was the son of man the other one he was the son of god the son of man will always cry out under the old covenant forsaken why have you father into thy hands i commend my spirit boy that, that's what i'm praying for you is that you get the knowledge of god being your father because when that starts taking hold of you and you meditate on that oh you'll start doing you'll be about the father's business You'll, you'll, you'll join show me how to do it father I've grown up let me, let me have this part of business daddy when are you going to turn the business over to me daddy I'm ready to go daddy ah, just wait meditate some more oh daddy come on let me have my first account let me do something for the 
let me do something for the family's business. See, that, that's the way I feel it. With, I can't wait. You can't shut me up. They've tried. Better people than you have tried. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> can't shut me up. I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I love to talk about the father's business. It's, it's the father and son's uh, business. It's called the gospel, the, revol the revolution of the gospel of grace. Let's go ahead and read the rest of this. It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. What? Swift to hear. We're not going to talk about seeking because we... It says, uh, let everyone be swift to hear, but then slow to speak. Why? Because you need to meditate on what you're hearing. Yes. You don't have nothing to say until you meditate on what you've heard. I guarantee you, if you rattle off at the mouth before you meditate, you're probably going to say something you wish you wouldn't have said. That's wisdom right there. Someone needed to hear that. Slow to wrath. Listen to this next one. For the wrath of man does not produce... The righteousness of God. I tell you, fathers, you can be as angry as you want to be with your children. It's not going to produce what God wants to produce in them. Because you're using, you're using fear. You're using fear. God doesn't use fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Let's go on. But be doers of the word. Excuse me. Um, Verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now if you've been in this church any length of time, you understand spirit, soul, and body. When you got saved, your spirit was changed, not your soul. All right? You're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But your soul is your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your will. And your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and will will only be changed by the implanted Word, the Word, the Word, which is able to save your soul. Is this the Word it's talking about? Don't say yes. Because there's some of this that will not save your soul. There's old covenant word that is not applicable in the new covenant. It is the word of the new covenant that is able to save your soul. To change the, to help you being transformed and renewed in your mind. Alright? The book of James was written to whom? Gentiles or to the twelve tribes scattered abroad? So this book is written to people with a Jewish mindset, the law mindset. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. What word? The word, look at verse 20, it says, will not produce the righteousness of God. It's the word of righteousness. You need to hear about, it's not your righteousness, it's His righteousness that you hold on to. It's what He did, not what you do. The, old, the entire Old Covenant is based on what you do that God responds to. The New Covenant is based on what He's already done through Jesus Christ for you. Amen. That's the word that you need to get in your, in your soul 
And it will, the implanted word of God in your heart, it will save your soul. But be doers, there's that word doers. It means a poetic performer of the word. What word? The same word that's implanted. What word's implanted? The word of righteousness through Christ Jesus, what he has done for you. It's through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, not through the knowledge of God and what you've done wrong. You understand that? The Bible doesn't say that it's through the knowledge of God and what you've done wrong. The Bible says it's through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. It's what they did for you that's going to cause you to renew your mind and, not be, and so you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind, not what he looked like, but what kind of man that he is. See, your outside is not determined, does not determine the inside. Do you get this? Do you see that? He sees himself in the mirror. I know what I look like, but when I walk away, I forget what kind. It doesn't say that he forgets what he, I know what I look like. Every one of you has spent enough time in the mirror. You see a picture. You go, oh, that's me. You know why? Because you know what you look like on the outside. But you've forgotten what kind of man you are. Because the outside is not a true representation of the inside it's all about your inside not your outside I love what it says in uh, uh, 1 Peter I think it is it says that don't, don't really concern yourself with the, the putting on fine apparel and jewelry and the making of hair and the adornment of the outside but rather let your attention be on the hidden person of the heart the inside that's where we need to be about for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks, everybody say looks, into the perfect law of... Wow, where's the Ten Commandments? Where are we supposed to be looking when we look into, into the mirror? Isn't this about vision now? But if you look into, instead of a mirror, if you look into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. So i got a question for you. Which knowledge or which word in the word are you supposed to be looking into? This is always referred to as a mirror. What word out of this word are you supposed to be gleaning at so you can see the true you? It's called the law of liberty. That's what it says. But he who looks into the entire old covenant. That's not what it says. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. See, there it again. Looking into the reading about the new covenant, the word of righteousness, seeing that I'm free because of what Jesus has done for me. The more I look into that, the more I meditate on that, the more I'm going to be able to continue in it in my daily life. And as I think about the word that's been given, see the vision and start applying my life, bring it in alignment with the vision, guess what? You'll start experiencing the law of liberty. You'll be free on the inside, even in, in, in prisons on the outside.
you'll be free on the inside. That's powerful. I tell you, it does no good to set you free on the outside if you're miserable on the inside. Oh, come on. And the only way that changes is by seeing this as a perfect law of liberty. That's what it says. Your Bible says it. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, or comes in alignment of the work. What work? The work of the law of liberty. Not the, well, the Bible says it. What, what knowledge? The knowledge of the perfect law of liberty. Well, which one of the commandments is that? Is that 11? No. <laughs> no. Mm. But if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Wow. See, it's not about all of this. It's about understanding the perfect law of liberty. Look at verse 12. So speak, and so do. Verse 12 in chapter 2. So speak, and so do, as those who will be judged by the Ten Commandments. It doesn't say that? Chapter 2, verse 12, Christopher. So speak. And so do, as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Man, that might set somebody free. Because we're being judged not by the Ten Commandments, we're being judged by the perfect law of liberty. Whew. Now why was he telling people this? Because this book was written to the 12 tribes, Jewish tribes scattered abroad. People whose minds were on the Ten Commandments. On the Old Covenant priesthood. They had to, Jesus told them to repent, to change the way they thought. Because there's a kingdom of heaven that is had. See, to, for them to live in the kingdom, they had to get their minds off of the fear of God and on the mercies of God. And see the goodness, not the wrath of the Pharisees against the law, but on the instructions of the goodness of God according to the law of liberty. Because when you hear this kind of message, it'll give you something to think about to help you replace that knowledge that's been wrong. When you start thinking about the perfect law of liberty and knowing what Jesus has done for you and uh, what God, that the promises, you know, we, we're, we were talking last night, again, that, that, it's such a shocking thing for how many people in the body of Christ still believe God for their daily bread. Just like they did in the old covenant. Quit it. Quit it. Do not believe God for your daily bread. Start thanking Him for all the promises of God that are yes and amen. Start thanking Him for everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to you. Well, I don't see it. Well, do you see your daily bread? No. You don't see your daily bread either. That's why you're praying for it. Get bigger minded. Oh, there's that bill again. Every month. It's going to be there every month. You can think all you want to. But when you're living in provision, you have more than enough. You don't have to think about those bills. You can just 
Has anybody ever been in, anybody in here ever got to the place in your life where you don't think about those daily bills anymore? That there's just a system in play. Don't raise your hand. But don't, there's a system in play that you don't think about those bills like you used to because they're not the issue. You have other issues that are greater. And because you're going after this, this gets taken care of. That's freedom. That's freedom. That's freedom. But man, when you're thinking about that every day, and as long as that's your realm of thought, you will always be there. It will never change until you take in new information that paints a new vision and come in line. If, you, if, you're, if you're in debt, I'll just be simple about this. If you're in debt and you've had knowledge about being out of debt and you've never taken that knowledge and let it create vision, you'll always be in debt. But if you're in debt and you've, hey, listen, I heard there's some people that actually have gone out of debt. You know what? You need to go hang around those people. If you're in debt and you want to be out of debt, you need to hang around people that are out of debt because they've already done it. Find out how they did it. Take in some more knowledge. Let them paint the vision. Oh, budget. I don't like that word. Well, if you never budget, you'll always be in debt. Take your pick. But if you have knowledge and you got vision and you bring your life in alignment and stick to your budget, guess what? In a year, two years, down the road, you can be out of debt and you can be a lender to the borrower. You can live a life that you never thought you could live before. Why? Because you had the right knowledge that created the right vision and you brought your life in alignment and you can get it done. Those three things have to be in your life. It works with business. It works with family. It works with children. It works with every area of your life. If you want to see it happen in your own family, if you're having issues at home, what knowledge have you listened to? If you don't have a happy relationship with the husband and wife, what, what knowledge have you been listening to? What vision have you been look, going after? And what have you bring in your life in alignment to? I tell you what, when this becomes important, you'll have knowledge that will back this up. And when you have knowledge that backs this up, you'll have a vision. You'll start seeing, oh, there's a reason See, if this isn't important, it may not last. Everybody hear me? But if it's important, you'll have the right knowledge that creates the right vision. Bring yourself in alignment. Oh, happy days. You know what I'm saying? If you know that you can... If I know that I can take care of her with a pure heart now, not for self-gain and self... You know what I'm saying? My motives, I can't say, well, I'm going to take care of you so you can take care of me. But that's the way it works. It's, I'm going to meddle just a little bit. I, I was talking to some people, and I'm so excited about going to Christ for the Nations for a week because I'm going to sit there. I'm going to have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm going to mess up so many heads at Christ for the Nations. It's going to be good. <laughs> Woo! Oh! Maybe I won't meddle. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it alone. Everybody, let's stand up. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Church, if we could ever get to the place in life where we understand the mercies, the love, what God, how much God our Father loves us, what He's already done, what He's already done. I tell you, thankfulness is the wine. It, it, we did a series, I think, first couple months we were here on thankfulness is the wine of life. Oh, you just being thankful for your mate. Being thankful for your children. I, I'm, I know you are, but I'm thankful for your children. They were such a blessing. It was great this weekend with them. I'm thankful for them. You know, and, and see, as they feel and sense, I mean, as they, they feel my thankfulness, then they're thankful for me. And guess what? Then God can do something. But if they don't like me and I don't like them, guess what? Man. When you're thankful for somebody or something, God. See, God wants to work through us, in us, and as us. Amen? As you. You need to understand that you need to have faith in God. Here's some somebody's here. There. You need to have faith in God, faith in you, and faith in God in others. Because if you don't have faith in God in others, it's going to be a long road. That's right. You have, you have faith in God in Him, Christine. I saw that. Okay, honey. He said it again. Oh, come on, church. Have faith in God. Have faith in God in you. And have faith in God in others. And be thankful. And oh, watch the world change. Starting with you. Amen.